0: Well, good morning. My name is Troy Tudor. I'm the executive pastor here at First Baptist Church. And in the month of November, the staff are taking turns preaching. And uh, if you're wondering, our senior pastor will be back in December with a new series. So if you haven't got a chance to hear him, if you're visiting, make sure you come back in December to hear him. But it's my pleasure and honor today to be able to speak to you. I don't get to speak to this crowd very often. So it's always a a joy for me, a little bit of a nerve wracking joy, but it is a joy. And so uh, today... Um, I wanna talk to you about uh, uh, a set of verses here uh, and a message called Family Ties. So my family, let me just tell a a little bit about my family. My dad moved me down here from Ohio when I was a a young boy in 1976. So back in Ohio and in Kentucky, there are a lot of my people, right? And so uh, I have uh, I have aunts and uncles and cousins now. Most of my all of my grandparents have passed away, but I have family ties back there. And my my family in Ohio are very close. I'm I'm of the Tudor clan, right? Tudor family. And so uh, there's uh, quite a few back there, and they are a very close family. They uh, for my entire life they have gotten together um, on different holidays and different uh, events to come together. And the fa- as the family grew, it went from being in my grandfather's basement and in his house and in his yard too. we were renting um, state parks and we were renting uh, VFW halls and things like that because as the family grew, we needed more space. But that is something that still goes on to this day, my family back in Ohio gathering together. And we were very close. And so when I uh moved down here with my dad, it was a little bit hard on me because I left behind my cousins that I played with and my aunts and my uncles who loved me and my grandfather who I was close to and my my, my mother's side of the family and all of my relatives there that we were close to and they did the same thing. They would get together at my Aunt Dee's on all the holidays and so we would go from uh, the Tudor family to the Helton family and we would spend the entire day being with family, right? And we had connections and we had relationship and we had ties. Uh, We had kinsmanship, right? And we did life together and we knew about each other's life and we loved one another and all those kinds of things. And I know that not everybody has that kind of a family experience, but that's the way God created a family to be. That's the optimum way a family should be. And so again, my family, they're very close. And so some of you know, my father passed away just recently and we had his funeral here. So my family from Ohio, a lot of them migrated down here for that funeral, Because they had a relationship with my dad that was their brother, their sister, their aunt, I mean, their uncle, um, their friend, right? And people came from different places, uh, again, because of the relationship that they had and the family ties that they have and that bond and that kinsmanship that only families can experience. So the other common denominator that I share with my family is we all, the tutors, we all have this giant forehead. And so you can look down a, a row of tutors and see this magnificent hair, right? And this (laughs) giant forehead crammed full of brains. But anyways, uh, tutors are known. Even my aunts have a giant forehead. They just covered up with their hair. So another thing that's evolved that's very interesting is uh, this whole thing of DNA, right? And so I'm fortunate because uh, having a historical name, Tudor, I have relatives in the past that have traced out our family lineage on that side of the family and on some of my uh, other sides of the family too. But I have a lot of information about my family of the past, right? And so you're all familiar with one of my distant cousins, Henry VIII, right? You also might be, uh, you might be aware of a guy named Owen Tudor in the War of the Roses. And so my lineage goes back generations, right? Long time. And, uh, and so it's interesting to be able to know those things. But another thing that I found out in my DNA process, my daughters, you know, they thought they would get me, I didn't want to do the DNA thing to be honest with you, but my daughters got it for me for Father's Day. So how do you say no to that, right? And so in my, in my family history. There's, uh, there's, there's this supposedly on my mother's side of the family, a full-blood Native American Indian. And then on my dad's side, a grand great-grandparent who's a full-blood Native American Indian. Guess what my DNA said? 99.98% white European male. <laughs> there is not a drop of Native, somebody, somebody somewhere got that mixed up, Right? something's going on there. But anyways, that's my family. And so I have, I have all these stories of my family. Some true, not true. You know, I have a a, a grandfather who was a a bootlegger and I've got that history. I've got the, the tutor side, I've got the website. Uh, Another thing that's interesting about my family, which is true, is that uh, my grandmother was a great, great niece of Daniel Boone. So I'm a descendant of Daniel Boone. So you've got all these things that you know about your family, Right. All these ties, all these relationships, all this history. Here's the reality, everybody has a family, right? Everybody, everyone has a family. Now we may not claim them or they may not claim us, right? But the reality is we all come from someone and we're all related to someone, right? And so everyone has a family. So whether they claim us or whether we don't claim them, that's really the way the world is kind of divided up by their family. I'm known by my last name, my family name, Tudor, right? And so we're going to look at here in a minute, John chapter eight, verses 42 through 47. And Jesus is dealing with a group of religious leaders called the Pharisees. And you may have read these, I'm sure you've read these verses before, but um, they are calling in to question his parentage. And he basically defines what their lineage and their parentage is in these verses. And he does it in a very brash bold, direct, some would even say harsh way. He just basically tells them who their father is and who their father is not, right? And so Jesus is pretty direct about that. But let's just put this into perspective. At this point, they've been trying to undermine his ministry. They've been trying to kill him, right? They have been in direct opposition. These are the religious leaders of the day, the people who claim to be in the family of God, the people who claim to have a relationship with God the Father and are on the team with God the Father, in the family with God the Father, right? And so these are the people, though, that are trying to kill the Son of God right? And so that sets the stage for the verses we're about to read. And let's read those. It says, Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceeded forth and have come from God for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. Whoops. There's a There's a stand there. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and it, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. for this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. So there's a few things that are very clear from these verses. And, and Jesus was, again, very direct, very brash. He didn't pull any punches when he made these statements. And so there's some things that we can learn from these statements that Jesus made. There are two families, there are two fathers, and there are two lines. Everybody in this world fits into one of these two families. Everybody in this world is either a family, in the family of God and a child of God, or they are in the family of the devil and they are a child of the devil. They are a byproduct. They are an offspring of one of those two sources on the spiritual plane. There's no in-betweens, there's no adoptions, there's no no transitions, there's no, you are either in one of those two families, according to Jesus. Now, these are people, again, that were religious and thought and claimed that they were in the family of God, but they obviously were not in the family of God. After all, they're trying to kill the son of God. They have rejected what God has said. They have rejected what the father has uh, determined and what the father has uh, done in the, in the annuals of history to bring up this Messiah to them at this time. And they have said, nope, that's not for us, right? And so they are not following the father's direction they're not following the father's father's will they are not even in the family jesus said it's simple we try to make it complicated and we want to blur the line sometimes about uh, you know we're good people and you know how many people claim to be a child of god lots of people most people if you ask them most people will claim to be a child of god but here's the reality about that their actions will demonstrate the reality of, of whether or not they're in the family. How they live their life will tell you whose family they're in. Let's, let's think about my family a little bit. So my dad and I have had all kinds of things in common together. Uh, we liked hiking. We liked making walking sticks, we liked rocks, we liked a lot of outdoor things, we liked carpentry, my dad was a carpenter in the Seabees, we could work together and do all kinds of things uh, together without even talking or without even thinking, because I was cut from the same cloth, I was a chip off of the block, I exhibited the characteristics of my dad, and uh, it was a, a, a natural thing for me to do, because I was from him, I was part of the family, right? It was just natural for me to live my life like my dad, right? And so it's pretty simple. Most people believe they're that child of God. And here's another reality. Most people would be shocked if you told them that they are a child of the devil. Think about the Pharisees. These are those religious leaders, right? They know the Bible. They read the Bible. They go to the synagogue. They pray. They give alms. They do all these things that religious people do, right? but they had no real relationship with God, right? They were living and doing things on their own terms, in their own way and for their own benefit, not for the sake of the family, not for the sake of the father, not because of the love for the father and the relationship with the father and a relationship with the family, but for their own selves. The world is filled with people who are just like that today. They make a claim to be in the family of God. They make a claim to be a part of loving God. And, but they're really living for themselves. They don't have a clue what the father wants for their life because they've never taken the time to listen. Jesus talks about listening. We'll get to it in a minute. He says, you don't hear me. You can't hear me. You're not listening. You're not, you're not in tune with what's going on in the family. The other thing that we can learn from these verses are some family distinctives. Again, I have the distinctives. I have the giant forehead. My, my dad and I could, again, work together, and doesn't matter if it was building a porch or uh, build, rebuilding a carburetor or a motor or setting a fence line or you name it, we could just do it, right? Why? Because I had seen him model it for me. I, I knew what it looked like to do these things because my dad had demonstrated to me because I had listened to him and I had paid attention to him. I had plugged into that relationship. I had drawn close to, uh, again, the characteristics of my father in a way that it became natural and common for me. There are some distinctives from these verses that we can understand and recognize that would be evidences of whether or not we're in the family of God or whether or not we're in the family of the devil. We don't like to think about that. Nobody wants to be in the family of the devil, right? But the reality is many people are. The world is filled with people who are lost, people who do not know the family, who who are unaware of what the father's will for their life is. And some of them are aware of what the father's will is, but they have rejected it because they don't want to participate in the family. Here's some distinctions that we can learn from the verses that we already read. One is, if you're in the family, it will impact your affections. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. You would have an affection for the family and the members of the family. And you would have a desire to spend time and spend energy and spend all the things that are entailed in love. Jesus defined what it looks like for a believer to love him. Did you know that? I use this verse a lot because it comes to my mind all the time in my own personal life. Jesus said, if you love me, if you want to demonstrate what love looks like to me, you will keep my commandments. Is he saying that you're going to live a perfect life in that? No, it's saying that you're going to follow the directives and the direction that the father sets, right? did I follow my dad flawlessly? No. And I will tell you, I have the spankings to prove it, Right? Right? Not always did I follow my dad correctly, but my desire was. Why? Because I loved him. It's a bottom line, simple. I have an affection for my dad. I didn't want to disappoint him. He meant something to me. God should mean something to you. He should impact your affections and your desires because you love him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. That's simple. You will follow my directions. I'm the father. I have a love for you. And you will follow my directions because it will impact your life for good. The father doesn't give us commandments to hem us in and make life difficult. He gives us commandments to take us to where we ought to be in our relationship with him. To ensure the family is together and doing what a family does and the relationship. Again, God sent his son to restore us into relationship with him because sin broke that relationship in the family. But God has given his son to restore it. And so again, it will impact your affections. You can't say that you love God and that you're in the family of God and then live loving everything else but God. Cannot do it. And many people go through life making a claim to love God. But they're, what they show in their affections demonstrate they don't love him. The next thing it will do is it will impact your Conduct. I never wanted to bring shame to my dad. I don't want to bring shame to my family name, the tutors. I don't want to bring shame to my children because I'm a poor father. I don't want to bring shame to Jesus because I'm a poor Christian. When you're in the family, it impacts your conduct, your affections and your conduct. You want to live life in a way that, again, brings honor to your father, right? You want to lift up his name. If you come from a broken home and didn't have a father, I understand this world's sin has damaged it. But here's the reality. You have an opportunity to have a relationship with a father now who will never leave you nor forsake you. Who will love you with an everlasting love. A father who has given his own son for you because he loves you and wants you to be a part of his family. And so your past shouldn't prevent you from having a relationship with your father now. When he's done everything he can do to make that happen. So it impacts our conduct. A child of God will manifest their father's characteristics. Again, I could walk into a room with my dad of perfect strangers. He, he's come here before. And I don't know how many people will come up to me and say, that's your dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why? Because we look the same, we talk the same, we act the same. It is apparent because I manifest the characteristics of my dad. I carry his genetics. I carry his DNA. I carry his blood. I carry his character, his characteristics that he infused into me, bringing me up as a son. Right? And that will be true of us if we are truly in the family of God. The characteristics of God. The desire to be holy. The desire to live a righteous life. The desire to love one another the way Christ loved us. All these kinds of things that we call the fruit of the spirit. uh, All kinds of titles that we have in the Bible to demonstrate the same thing. We will live a certain way. We will demonstrate a certain set of characteristics if we're truly in the family. Another thing that will happen is that in the family of God, being in the family of God, or not being in the family of God, it will impact our desires, what our passions are, what we live for. A child of God will invest themselves, their time, their energy, their life, in the will of the Father. They will have a desire to do the Father's will. Now again, did I always do what my dad's will was? I didn't. Now let me tell you a little funny story. My brother and I, uh, you know, typical boys. So I would do something. My dad would get on me. I would say, sorry, dad. I I didn't mean to do that. I won't do that again. And we would move on. My brother would argue about the fact that what he was doing was within his rights or it was a better, you know, better reason than, you know, and he would go on and on until the point where my dad would be upset, right? And I told him, Todd, you're so dumb. Just do what he says and move on, right? Do the will of the father. Now, that's the wrong way to do about it. And that's the way a lot of Christians do. We do, we do a, a, a subset of things that our father wants. But are we really having a desire to carry out the will of the father for our life? Are we surrendered to that? Are we willing to give into that? Are we willing to say like Jesus did on the cross, father, not my will, but thine be done. That's what it means to be in the family. That what, that's what it means to be a child of God, to say, not my will, father it's yours. It's about what you want from me. It's about what you want to do with my life. And so again, it will impact our desires and what we will invest in. What we will have passions for. Will we have passions for the things of God? Or we just live like a lost person and have passions for all kinds of things except for God? Or a, a little passion for God and we will invest great, great amounts of passion in things that we enjoy and that we like and that we want to do. And we will take our families in that direction and we will take our, uh, our wealth. We will take our time. We will take all these things into these different directions, but not into the will of the Father for our life. And if we do, it's small. It shows you where your affections are. It shows you where your loyalties lie. It shows you whose family you are serving. Another thing that it will impact is our character. A child of God will live in such a way to bring honor to the Father. Jesus says in here, which one of you will convict me of sin? When the Pharisees were on to him and he was re, uh, giving his response to them. He's which one of you going to convict me of sin? There's nothing you can point to in my life that says that I'm not a son of God. I've lived a life that's holy and pure and that's according to the will of the Father. I'm, I'm here on his intent. In his intent, it says in the earlier verse, he says, I'm not here to live life on my terms. I'm here living life on the father's terms. You can't point to anything in my life that says different, but he could point to things in their life that said something totally different of their agendas and whose family they belong to, right? And he says, you can't hear me. You don't understand. You don't have any comprehension of what's going on because you're not involved in this family. So your, your character will be impacted when you're in the family of God or your character will be impacted if you're not in the family of God. These guys gave clear evidence that they were not a part of God's family by their character. They were willing to kill Jesus. That's where their character was. Does that line up with God? Does that line up with his holiness and his righteousness? Does not. Does not line up with his family. But that's where they were. But yet they claim to be in the family of God. The last thing that I want to point out to you that it will impact if you're in the family of God or not in the family of God is who you trust and who you listen to. Two times in here, Jesus says this. In verse 43, he says, why do you not understand what I am saying? They had no comprehension of what he was talking about. They didn't understand the family dynamic. It says, it's because you cannot hear my word. And then in the last verse that we read, he says, he who is of God hears the word of God. He that is who is of God hears the word of God. It will impact who you trust and who you listen to. See, the world's going to tell you all kinds of things. The devil and his family is going to tell you all kinds of things. They're going to give you all kinds of substitutions for the will of God for your life. They're going to give you all kinds of hole fillers to take you in directions different than the direction that the father has planned for your life. They're going to give you all kinds of things. Now, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Are you buying into what the devil says is best for your life? Oh, just go out and have fun. Just go out and live for yourself. Go out and make all the money you can make. Go out and do this. Go out and do that. Go out and do this. Or are we listening to the will of the father? Says, be holy for I am holy. Love one another. Love God and love your enemies. Uh, You know, it's different. This family is different than the family of the world. It lives contrary to the way the world lives. It defines, it, it easily helps us define who we are when we are living like this. Because it shows that we're not following the path of the normal lost person who is not in the family of God. So again, trust who you will listen to. A child of God will trust what the father says. They will believe the father. In the last part of that verse it says, for this reason you do not hear them because you are not of God how much plainer can Jesus make it than that you either hear the voice of the father and you respond accordingly because he is the father and you are a part of the family or you do not there is no middle ground so that begs the question whose family are you in because I am sure that in a church of this size with this many people, there are people here today that probably think they're in the family of God, but their life doesn't reflect that reality. And then there are people here today who are in the family of God, but they're like me, who just kind of does what the Father says on the side, but it's not a focus. We used to call that being backslidden, right? We're not we're not really tuned in and tied into the will of the Father for my life. We just kind of leave it out there on the peripheral of our life and bring it in when it's convenient and push it back out when it's not convenient. But the reality is we're in the family. Now, here's the reality for people who are in that boat. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, even as a father does a son. If you're in the family, but you're not living by the family principles and guidelines, God has a way of correcting that for you because he loves you. It's not because he's harsh. It's because he's your father. Because he loves you and wants the best for you in your life. And he, which one of you would not go out and do what's best for your children or your grandchildren or any child, right? Because of that desire to make sure they're protected and that they're loved and that they're insulated and that, you know, as a father, I have four daughters. I have a lot of gray hair. I have four daughters, right? (laughs) I look out for them. I want the best for them. I want to give them my best advice. I want to give them the best directions I can. I want to give them everything that I can to help ensure that they have the best life that they can have because I love them and they're in my family and I, I, want, I want the very, very best for them. Same difference with this God and this Father. He wants the very best for, for you so much so that he sent his son to die for you. Now, if you're outside the family, you don't have to stay outside the family. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a simple faith, trusting and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Bible tells us when we do, we are made heirs and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, we are in the family. And everything God has plan, planned and prepared for His Son, we are partakers in. And we are not stepchildren, we are heirs and joint heirs. We are we have an entitlement because of our position and because of our relationship in the family, not because we did anything to earn it, but because God made it so and brought you into his family. Man, isn't that great reason to rejoice? So if you're not a part of the family of God today, I encourage you. Today, that could change, that you would trust Christ, that you would come forward, that you would make a profession of faith, that you would join the family of God. And let me just say, Jesus said, all those who come to me, I will in no wise cast out. There is nobody he won't let in to the family. Nobody. Every person has the same opportunity to be a part of the family of God. If you need to join a church, I'm going to tell you something. This is a good church to join. If you need to start living the family life with the body of the family, this is a good place to do that. If you've never joined a church, the church is nothing more than the family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, how many of you get along perfectly well with your brothers and sisters? (laughs) I love my brother. I don't always agree with my brother. Sometimes my brother makes me angry and vice versa, right? But we're family. We love each other. That's what it's supposed to be like in a church too. A body of believers who love one another. Not perfect people. People who make mistakes. If you want to find fault with someone in your family, it's easy to do. If you want to find fault with somebody in this family of believers, it's easy to do. But here's the deal. Jesus said, forgive them the way Christ has forgiven you. That's what families do. Right? We forgive each other. We love each other despite the issues and the problems. So as we come to a close today, I invite you, if you need to be a part of the family of God, that today will be the day that you do that. If you need to be more involved in the body and in the family of God. I invite you to come forward and do that today. But here's the deal. You better figure out which family you're in because you only get one shot at that. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your blessings to us. I thank you, Lord, that you've made a way for us to be in the family of God. It's beyond comprehension, but Lord, it is a simple thing. Lord, I pray today that you would speak to hearts. And Lord, if someone here doesn't know you, that they would come to know you before it's too late before there's no more opportunity to be in the family of God. And God, if we're in the family of God, help us to live like we're in the family of God. Loving the Father, obeying the Father, being a part of the family that God has given us. We'll thank you for it in your name. Amen.